One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got a story of compliance costing a company thousands of dollars. But first, a story from an anonymous poster. You want to talk crap about me doing the same thing as you? Okay, let's just see how long they let your BS idea slide. So, I work at a burger place and have for the past seven and a half years. We have a certain schedule to stick to to make sure we get out in a timely manner. At nine, one of the line cooks leaves the line to work on doing all the dishes that have piled up all night. Then to do the vents and hoods above the fryer and the broiler. For cooking the burger meat, we don't have a griddle. The vents have to be pulled out and washed. Then you have to get up there on a ladder to wipe down the hoods themselves. After that, it's usually time to break down the broiler, which takes about an hour altogether. Well, this chick has been talking a bunch of crap about how I never help her when she gets busy, which for some reason saying, hey OP, I need some help, or perhaps asking the manager to get my attention, the way we've always been doing it since before I got there, is just too much work for her, and conveniently leaving out that she does the exact same thing. So she managed to convince the store manager to make me start at 10 instead of at 9, which I've been doing for the past week. Well, today the store manager told me that the general manager, the one who owns the 5-6 to six franchises in the Bryan slash College Station area, that I've been leaving too late and that I need to get done faster. And so I straight up told her that's what I was trying to tell her when she told me to start an hour later. I told her that I'm not just dragging my butt when I'm doing cleanup and that I want out as fast as I can manage it. But in order for me to get done early, I need to be able to start early. And all she could do was nod in agreement. In that yes, yes, you did tell me this. Yes, this is my fault kind of way. So now we're back to the way it was and the store manager is going to tell the other chick to just freaking tell me when she needs help so that I can start the dishes sooner and get out faster. If you were working with a coworker who could not communicate like that, would you honestly want to tell them off a little bit about just communicating with you? Or would that be too much of an uncomfortable idea for you? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Powerful Procedure 868. You don't want to help an elderly and injured person? Okay, fine by you. I work at an international airport as a check-in agent with a lot of lovely colleagues, supervisors, and coordinators. But there's always that one who is just, you know, a jerk. Just to give some necessary information, when the flight's fully booked, we allow people to check in their cabin baggage for free because there's not enough space in the overhead compartments in the aircraft for everyone's cabin baggage. This flight was not full. As I'm doing a check-in, a certain elderly man with a cast on his left hand and a shaking right hand comes to my counter. I do the check-in and he asks if we can take his cabin bag for free because he doesn't have the strength to carry it to the gate. I don't have the authority to do it on my own, but am feeling quite empathetic and want to ask my supervisor for clearance. I go to him, mind you he likes to put a stance, is always a POS to passengers and fellow agents and explain to him that we should do it as human beings. He tells me that the gentleman has to pay 60 euro if he wants it to be done. Cue the malicious compliance. I go to the elderly gentleman and tell him that my supervisor is a piece of crap who doesn't want to allow it. 
Of course, he's sad and tries to explain further how he can't do it because of his arms. I fully got the picture from the start. He even tries to hand me 40 euros for doing it in desperation. Mind you, this gentleman is really old and really, really is not in condition to carry any hand luggage. I refuse the money and tell him to sit and wait for my coworker to come with a wheelchair to drive him to the aircraft, literally to the door of the aircraft. I explain to him that at CDG, a man will wait for him to drive him in a wheelchair. Mind you, this happens at around 60 minutes to take off. For passengers, this means around 40 minutes. It takes time for a coworker to come and pick up this lovely gentleman. It takes time for everything, including the security check and passport control, because he's in a wheelchair. The gentleman again offers me a 40 euro tip, and again I refuse because this is about understanding and being a human being. A coworker arrives, picks up the gentleman, gets his hand luggage, and off they go. Now here is the best part. Hours later, I get called into the office of my supervisor to explain why I called a wheelchair passenger so late, and I tell them the truth because I have an understanding with him that I shall always tell the truth and they would cover me. But this time it was different. This time the takeoff was late by 20 minutes. That's not a lot if you're a passenger, but it is if you work at an airport. I tell them that I judge the gentleman as fit to walk alone, but not to carry his hand luggage, and thus had to call in a wheelchair service. And my supervisor ignored that, despite having a look at said gentleman. I even mentioned the possible 40 euro tip. I get a praise for being judgmental thinking and excused. The supervisor on the other hand, he got so, so, so badly roasted to the point of being temporarily demoted to being a check-in agent with a warning of being fired because this is not his first, second, or third time causing a flight being delayed. God, what a piece of crap. If OP actually did go against their normal orders and helped carry that luggage for that guy, do you think they'd really get in trouble? I'd like to know what you guys think. Our next story is by Esperto. Call you every time I send you a fax? Will do. Many years ago, before email took over the corporate environment, I worked at a large law firm and sent and received faxes for eight hours a day. I had five fax machines and two coworkers. We logged every fax. There was an incoming log and an outgoing log, and there was the ever-important confirmation sheet. Opposing counsel was the kind of lawyer that gives lawyers a bad name, stereotypical donkey who played stupid lawyer games, dropping documents at 5pm on the Friday before a 3 day weekend, that kind of petty crap that adds unnecessary misery to the profession. My guy comes to the mail room and says the opposing counsel claims he didn't receive a fax we said we sent. I call BS, I sent it myself. The confirmation sheet exists, opposing counsel probably lost it or his secretary didn't give it to him, whatever. My guy knows I sent the fax. Opposing counsel wants to be called every time we send him a fax. He accused me of not doing my job and lying, and now he's creating extra work for me. Okay, let's play. What he wanted and what he expected was for me to call his secretary and let her know a fax was on the way. Nope, screw that. I called his secretary and told her I was calling for my guy. She assumed he needed to talk to her boss, so she connected me. Opposing counsel answers, expecting some kind of substantive discussion. Instead, he gets the mailroom guy. I said, I've been told to let you know every time I send you a fax. I'm sending you a fax. We hang up. An hour later, I call him again. New fax. Half an hour after that, 
New facts. Another hour, another call, another, another facts. My guy comes to the mailroom with a big smile on his face. He's giddy, almost giggling. He says the opposing counsel asked that the call stopped. He no longer needs to know when faxes are coming. He's tired of being interrupted. Sometimes you get exactly what you ask for. Well, yeah, if you're going to be a jerk and expect people to bend over backwards to do extra useless steps for you because you're not very good at organizing doing your job, it's really no surprise that in return you're going to get some petty behavior. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily uploads. Every video has great stories, like our final story of the day from Rob to Heartthrob. Don't use mobile phone at work, then I'll use slower process. I read a hardware story on here about a female paint manager, and it reminded me of my time at my local hardware store as a paint manager. This was during my time in college in 2015. For the sake of the story, I have to start on my first day and what led up to the point of why this store was hemorrhaging and had an abysmally high turnover rate. I started and soon figured out that the store was due for a complete makeover and floor and product renovation, as well as a completely new manager who we shall call Richard. Richard hired me, but the other employees were hired under the previous store manager. I trained under the previous paint manager and hoped to learn the trade so I could better assist customers and increase my knowledge and hourly wage. We also had learned to drive a forklift and how to cut slash program keys for cars in a house. The worst part is that during that transition of changing the layout of the floor plan, I had learned where products currently were and then where they were going to be moved to. The store had a policy that every customer had to be greeted and helped, no matter how busy we were, unless they refused our help. Over two months, approximately six employees left inside the hardware store, and another four left our garden center department. Richard had to work the garden center and hated it because he left his AC cushy office and constantly took it out on the hardware employees inside. And since we weren't cross-trained for garden center and hardware, none of us could really be moved over, plus there was the fear that if he did that, more people would leave. Fast forward about a year, and then our paint manager left due to overwork and poor scheduling by our new manager. He soon stretched us too thin and made him open and close the store numerous times. We were open from 7.30am to 6pm, so our previous paint manager worked several hours into overtime every week. I became the new paint manager immediately because I was the only employee left who was trained and remained from before the floor plan change. I had to train new employees, Richard always found an excuse not to train, on how to make paint via our automatic machine and our manual machine that was for specialized industrial paints. I also had to train all new employees of key and key fobs. I was given a 12 cent raise as compensation. After my promotion, I met with our district paint manager Kevin to go over anything I needed to know, especially how to order paint. It was the only thing I wasn't taught. Kevin told me that I can send a picture of the order filled out to his personal phone and he would place the order since our internet was so slow at our facility. He brought his personal hotspot anytime he needed internet access because our computers usually took about 25 minutes to log in. It was an equivalent of dial-up and we couldn't use the computers at the register for anything other than checking customers out. So when it came time to order paint, I filled out the proper form and pulled out my phone and took all the pictures I needed and sent them to Kevin. 
rescue Richard from the garden center drenched in sweat. He came barreling in and pulled me to the side and said, It pisses me off that we're outside busting our butts in the sun, and I come in and you're on your phone goofing off. I explained I was ordering paint and that it was for business anyways. He told me to follow company policy of no phones at work and to use the computers in the back. I swallowed my pride and my argument I had and set up my malicious compliance. Next time a paint order came through, I wrote down what we needed and went to the break room. Between the boot time and the internet login to the paint order site, it was about an hour long. The store was in chaos. The new employees couldn't find anything they needed for customers. We had several people at the paint desk asking for samples. These required manual mixing because our automatic machine couldn't process pint-sized cans. And I hadn't trained anyone on that yet. Keys needed to be cut, and the line was almost out the door at the checkout line. Customers were walking out to the store and filing complaints. This was a self-owned store by an old family. We had several returning customers. Some knew the family personally and called the owners to complain. On top of the chaos, during the renovation, Richard decided to remove a cash register in the garden center and make everyone check out inside. So we got everyone to check out and it made work that much busier on the hardware side. Richard couldn't help because he never took the time to listen to my training on keys and paint, so he was absolutely useless to the new employees. I finally returned and he asked, Where the heck have you been? I said, In the back, ordering paint. Richard said, You could have used your phone this one time. You didn't see how busy we were? I said, Yes, I saw how busy we were, but if I don't order paint before 10am, we won't get it in time and we'll be out of stock for a week, and I'm just following the no phone policy you made very clear to follow. He huffed and just walked away, more pissed than before. Shortly after, Richard got Kevin to go through the paint order process, and from now on, Richard ordered paint because it also gave him an excuse to sit inside away from the garden center. Eventually, the new employees left, and I stayed because I was about to graduate anyways. I purposely didn't train any new employees on any process in the store, because come to find out, I never actually received the paint manager title on paper, because it was supposed to come with a $2 raise. I was only given the responsibilities, and it was never reported to the store owners by Richard. I came in a few months later, and Richard was moved to the other Northside store, and was no longer a manager. The store was still in chaos. The store owner was there and even asked a few questions about paint and wanted to know some ins and outs of what sold best. I still had a few friends there and they told me that the store owners have to stop by regularly to fix the mess Richard had made during his time there and that people were still complaining. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume that this story takes place in a location where there's really no other competition because I fail to see how a hardware store like this could be so dysfunctional and still keep up to the point where they can stay open. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 